And our main focus this morning is on we follow Jesus, and more specifically, what it means to follow him. So I'll just start in in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that this morning you would meet us where we need to be met. I pray that you would speak through me, they'd be your words, that we would be encouraged to pursue a life following you. Let us open our hearts and hear what you want to say to us. Amen. So when I first started preparing this sermon, my mind first went to the first disciples and how they followed Jesus and and how Jesus came and called them to follow him. We can learn so much from them, can't we, in that in the journey they had. My mind also turned to my grandpa, who I shared a few weeks ago, recently passed away. And he had a deep, deep faith, and I've learned so much from him um, as well in, in what he, his faith and how that inspired um, those around him. And I've also learned so much from generally people that are further on in years, more mature in their faith. We can learn so much from how others follow Jesus. The word disciple comes from the Greek word didasko, and it means learner. So Jesus' disciples were learning from him. And we are called to be disciples of Jesus today, learning from his example and ultimately becoming more like him. So Jesus' disciples, they were called. They had a choice to whether they accepted that call. And there, there was a cost to their response. So we'll look at these things today. As we are also called, we have a choice. And there's a cost to our response. So if you'd like to follow in a Bible today, um, we're going to look at a few passages in Matthew's Gospel And we're going to first look at chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. That's Matthew 4, verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. And then later in Matthew 9, verse 9, it says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. 
it really surprises me how brief these verses are on the calling of these disciples. Jesus rocks up on the beach, goes up to these men and invites them to follow him. And it says, at once, immediately, they drop everything, leave their family and go. Jesus approaches Matthew in the tax collector's booth and asks the same question. Matthew got up and followed him. There must have been something quite profound about Jesus that caused these men to drop everything and to follow him. Doesn't appear that there was any hesitation. They just went. I think there must have been a whole lot more going on that led them to say a resounding yes to the call of Jesus. They may have heard about the teaching of John the Baptist when he said, I baptise you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The disciples could have been among the many who witnessed Jesus' baptism and how the Spirit of God descended like a dove and lightning on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The disciples may have heard first-hand Jesus preaching for the first time. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. They may well have been familiar with many of the Old Testament prophecies, such as in Isaiah chapter 9, where it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. With all this in mind, I can only imagine how the hearts of these men would have been pounding as this man, Jesus, approached them. The fishermen were not educated men. Matthew was a despised tax collector But despite my reputation, he's not only talking to me, he's calling me to follow him. I wonder if they felt a bit starstruck. This is that man, Jesus, the man who's causing a stir, the man who we've heard about, the man who we've been watching, and he's coming to talk to me. The fact that Jesus called his disciples is totally countercultural. A Jewish rabbi wouldn't normally go out calling people to follow them. Instead, followers would have been there with the rabbi, sitting at their feet, coming to listen to their teaching. Whereas Jesus did the opposite. He came out <coughs> and he comes to us. <coughs> Jesus calls you and he calls me to follow him. He comes to where we are and he meets us and he calls us. Despite any reputation, status, 
history, sin, even any good works. Jesus calls you. He wants you to learn from him and become more like him. Jesus calls us daily to follow him. He wants to spend time, he wants us to spend time with him. He calls us to resist temptation and he calls us to trust him. He comes to us where we're at and calls us. So what will your response be? Is there anything that you need to drop and follow him? Do you need to say yes to Jesus? But of course we also read that there's a cost to following him. In Luke chapter 9 it says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. What does it actually mean to take up your cross? It's not really like lugging a proper cross, is it? We lug our cross around each day. That's not what he means, is it? It's dying to our own self, our desires, our own personal things we want to do. It's laying them aside and it's it's going the way of Jesus, learning from him. Our lives are a, a living sacrifice. So um, I was just thinking what for the disciples it could have meant to take up their cross, to deny themselves and to follow Jesus. So for them it, it was perhaps giving up the family business, leaving behind wealth, working long hours and overtime, travelling long distances, experiencing public ridicule and persecution. No pay, no insurance, no pension, leaving behind family, sleeping where and how you can, total obedience daily and a commitment to follow him. So I was thinking, what, what does it mean for me to take up my cross and to follow him? Because it is, it's different for all of us. We all have unique things that we need to lay down and follow him. So I was thinking for a few things recently. Um, and for me, my journey, it's really been about learning to respond to that nudge to do something that's out of my comfort zone. And actually placing my trust in Jesus, even when I don't understand. Often it's been remembering to look up, rather than in the mess. Um, So a lot of those nudges have been embarrassing. So once um, I bought some flowers and I felt that nudge to give them to a total stranger and it was a bit awkward giving them to her, um, but I just felt like it was right and so awkwardly I went up to her and and said I had these flowers for her and, and it turned out she was about to go and visit her daughter in hospital who had had a major operation and she said she'd take these flowers to her 
and I said that I'd be praying for her and she said that she would be too so it was great (laughs) it wasn't too embarrassing in the end but sometimes that nudge is doing something a bit embarrassing that's out of your comfort zone but you know it's actually what Jesus would do um earlier this year um John was trying to raise some money to to give to Mike Pilavachi who um retired from leading Soul Survivor this year and John went along to the Soul Survivor camp since he was about 14 and then after that went with youth camp so probably for a good 20 years or so he was going camping in the the squelchy site <laughs> Shepton Mallet and um he felt like um he wanted to do a crowdfunder to give Mike a, a present really for his retirement just to say thank you but no one actually <laughs> contributed to this so um started thinking oh I should probably give him some money anyway and then we went to a J John um talk in the summer and he said when you get the quiver in your liver just do it just do it anyway it's that it's that nudge to do something that's out of your comfort zone so we came home and we both said oh I think we need to send that money and it was a bit annoying because actually it sent us into our overdraft but um we just thought God's nudging us here just do it and uh, we don't understand um we just need to do it. And actually, it's been fine because we're not in the overdraft anymore. Um, but, you know, God knows, doesn't he? He's, he nudges us to step out, not do what our own desires or what even makes sense sometimes. But um, following him, denying ourselves daily is about that choice to, are you going to follow that quiver in your liver? Um, sometimes it's not anything majorly big like that. It might be um, taking time out when there's loads to do. So having that coffee with someone, that nudge to just go and see them. And, and actually God helps you make up the lost time. Um, it might be showing love even when you've been wronged, being the first to say sorry. Or choosing to encourage over criticizing. And, and as I said, it can be embarrassing. Um, yet you know it is good and it's what Jesus would have done. So there is a cost to following Jesus. It's challenging to live distinctively. It's challenging to influence culture rather than being influenced by culture. It's challenging to resist temptation and instant gratification. It's challenging to give something up. It's challenging to be ridiculed or laughed at or persecuted for your faith. However, there is a massive reward. You will become friends with the King of Kings. You will discover real joy Hope, protection, comfort, peace, provision, freedom to live life to the full with a new purpose, eternal life. The costs of being a follower of Jesus are high, but the benefits are worth it. Will you deny yourself?
Will you take up your cross daily and follow the Lord? Whilst we follow Jesus and we learn from his life and his actions and hope to become more like this amazing man, we also learn and are encouraged by the lives of others who do the same. In his letter to the Philippians, Paul writes that he rejoices at the sacrifice and service coming from their faith. He is both encouraged and he's inspired as he observes others living out their distinctive walk with Jesus. When I think of my grandpa, I'm so thankful that we had him for such a long time. He was 103 when he passed away. He had a deep faith. He served faithfully in the RAF as a weather forecaster in World War II. He worked hard to enhance the Catholic education across Scotland amongst many, many things over his years. He was a lifelong learner. He loved learning. He was humble. He never pursued status. And the priest said in his um, funeral last week, the extent of his legacy will not be known this side of eternity. One Thessalonians chapter five, verse eleven says, "Therefore encourage one another, and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing." And this is what Grandpa would do. He was a lifelong learner. He was a, a pupil of Jesus, and he would encourage you to do the same. One of the last conversations I had with him was around um, the importance of passing on your faith. Um, he said it in quite a blunt way. It was um, Caleb was showing him his Thomas the Tank Engine's books, and he basically said, "Oh, don't bother with that nonsense. Just um, focus on the Bible, kind of thing." Um, but how wise someone else might not have got away with saying it quite like that. Um, in the Book of Acts, a prophecy from Joel is referenced. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Age does not preclude you from dreaming. Age does not preclude you from continuing to learn and to follow Jesus. Age does not preclude you from being an inspiration and a great encouragement. You can get away with saying things to us that bring about challenge and growth. I want to encourage us all today to honour these awesome, wise servants of Jesus. Many of you are here today and others will be listening at home. Talk to them Visit them, ask questions, listen to their stories and glean from their wisdom. You will be encouraged. You will rejoice at the sacrifice and service coming from their faith. 
This morning I've talked about what it means to follow Jesus by looking at how his disciples responded to the call, the choice and the cost of following him. They followed Jesus wholeheartedly even when others turned away. They gave up their fishing nets when others would not give up their treasures. They endured the scorn of the social elite. They lived like Jesus, travelling here and there with no place to lay their head. We can also learn from each other. We need to embrace our older generation, learn from them and draw from their wisdom. So I just want to close with with these um, things to, to reflect on and to think about. Are you pursuing Jesus today? Or are you following something else? Ambition? Money? Popularity? Pleasure? The opinion of others? Will we take up our cross daily to follow Jesus? Jesus calls us and we have a choice. The costs of following him are high, yet the benefit far outweighs it all. Thank you, Jesus, for your incredible example that, that you call us daily. Um, you love us anyway, um, but you do call us daily. Um, and we can learn from you and we can follow you. And we can live life to the full. And thank you that we can learn from each other and encourage and build each other up. And we thank you, Father God, for the gift of each other. Amen.